Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Chase Jarvis. He is an award-winning artist, entrepreneur, one of the most influential photographers over the past decade, founder of Creative Live. Some of you may remember that I've had a couple programs on Creative Live. And he's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today, Creative Calling. Establish a daily practice, infuse your world with meaning, and succeed in work and life. So, Chase, thanks for joining me. John, super good to be on the show. Long time, long time, what is it, long time listener, first time caller or something? <laughs> Happy to be on the show, and thanks for having well, me. So, let's talk a little bit about Creative Live, if you don't mind. Um, so, so for, for listeners that might not be familiar with it, uh, just kind of tee up the, the, the quick, uh, what is it? Sure. It's the world's largest, largest learning platform specifically for creators and entrepreneurs. That's our target. Those are the people that are in our tribe. They identify as creator, entrepreneurial, or creative curious, or entrepreneurial curious. And it's where folks like yourself, like Tim Ferriss, Brene Brown, Sir Richard Branson, uh, Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best go to teach. And uh, specifically, the high-quality, high-caliber experts that we have on the platform, the super high-quality production, and then the area of focus, again, for creators and entrepreneurs, small businesses and side hustlers, that that is a it's, – it's where we go. We've got more than 10 million people on the platform. It's a thriving community, and uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's been we've been around for ten years. Uh, feels like feels like a blink um, on the inside here, but uh, just it's a great, great community. We'd love to have anybody come take a peek. You know, you can either buy a la carte classes or subscription, and and there's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There's free content there too. So I, um, as I mentioned, did a did a as you and I were talking before we uh, jumped on here five six years ago, did a program on duct tape marketing, um, and I will say, I mean, the the, the most fun I've had doing that, uh, obviously the most professional. Accru- it was actually a little brutal though because we did eight, eight, eighteen hours over three days live, um, so that was a little brutal, but uh, <laughs> but very fun. I have to. I have a, a, a confession or admission. Um, Craig Swanson, um, your uh, co-founder, was is is that what you would call him? Told me that ten years ago, when he was, when you guys were cooking up uh, um, Creative Live, that he bought my one of my first courses, um, which was get ready to date myself here. Uh, a three ring binder with CDs and <laughs> that kind of thing sent, sent to him for, for marketing purposes. So I always kind of, uh, he may have been completely BSing me, but I always hold that up as one of my greatest honors was that, you know, that I was there at the beginning in some fashion. <laughs> you were very, yeah, we talked about it and, and how to put your products out there in the world. All those entrepreneurial secrets that you've been sharing with your tribe for years. We definitely employed them in launching Creative Live. Well, that's that's one of my biggest badges of honor there. Oh, <laughs> come on. Nice. So it. in Creative Calling, um, I get the sense that maybe we need to define or redefine what creativity even is or means for a lot of folks. Yeah, I'd love to. And that's one of the, the points that underscores the book. Um, so I believe a couple of things, and it's really clear in the book. First of all, that there's creativity inside of every person. Culturally, we have historically thought of creativity equaling art. So creativity is painting and drawing. And we just know now that that's not true, that creativity is 
everything. It is the decision. Anytime you're putting ideas together to form something new and useful, that is creativity. Like you created dinner last night. You're creating a family right now. You're, you're, you know, you, you baked a cake, you are building a business. All those things are wildly creative. So by extension, it's easy to see then that creativity is in every person. We have it at birth. It's one of the things that separates us from the other species on the planet. And it's also something that gives us limited possibility, unlimited possibility, really limitless rather. And, and to me, the, 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 that has historically been a challenge with creativity and why people, I mean, just think of your own experience as you're listening to this. If you go back, you were sort of either anointed, oh, you're creative or you're not creative. Or I, when I was told, I was in second grade and they said, Chase, you should you know, focus on sports, not on art. And I carried that with me for 20 years. And so I'm trying to uncork that and redefine around create, creativity around what it really is, which is, again, the ability to um, to, to move, to create something new and useful. And look, all you have to do is ask any first grade classroom who wants to come to the front of the room and draw me a picture or who wants to do, you know, create anything and every hand goes up. So it's very clear just empirically that creativity is in every person. The second principle is really that creativity is a habit. It's not a skill. It's a way of being in the world. It's a way of operating. It's a practice, not a product. Uh, and a, a good way of thinking about it is it's a muscle that we develop and like, like all muscles, the more you use them, the stronger they get. And so if you believe one, that everyone's creative in some way, shape or form two, that we have this creative muscle and that we, if we use it more, we develop it. The last thing I ask you to believe is, and this might be the part that, uh, is the jump where it's the same exact thing, creating businesses, creating um, a meal, playing the, the piano, drawing, taking photographs, writing. This, the muscles that we use in doing that in small projects on a regular basis, I would even say daily, we're creating our days. It's the same set of muscles that we use to create our life. So it's just at a different scale. And, and to me, that's the big leap that the book, it, it, it takes us beyond just creativity with a small c to think about creativity as this amazing human superpower. So would you admit, though, that there, there are – I'm not really sure the right term. I'm going to say forms of creativity. So in other words, uh, there are definitely people that can you know, look at nothing and create something <laughs> from it. And, and you know, I've never been able to do that. But I can look at something and create something else. Um, so does that make sense? Am I talking in circles? Um, and, and I think that that's – I think that's where a lot, I think a lot of people have to come to grips with is is that that this muscle or whatever it is that you're talking about takes so many shapes and forms. Um, but is there a common thread maybe that that kind of unites all of that? In the same way that we learn in different ways, right? People, some people are visual, some are auditory, some are really tactile. The same is true for creativity. We all it takes different forms. And it usually has to do with some things in our childhood or our upbringing or a particular DNA. But to me, I, I'm, I'm agnostic to how you best activate it. To me, that's a personal, personal exploration. And in the book, I invite you and show you some ways of going about doing that. But I'm trying to get you to flip the bit. There are people that, uh, you know, we were again, sort of categorized usually really early as kids. Like my second grade teacher told me that I should focus on sports second grade and i listened to her and it's understandable because 
the people around us, our parents, our peers, our teachers, our career counselors, they have our best interests in mind in their mind, but it doesn't always translate to what we actually should be doing or what's true for us. And so even, you know, as either young people or sometimes very late in life, I didn't learn this until well into my 20s, that basically how to how to listen to that intuition. This is the calling part of the book. Um, and when I say creative calling, it's not necessarily like I was called to be a painter. It's I'm a creative person and there is a way that I'm supposed to express my creativity in the world. Maybe it's building a business, writing a book or, or any number of ways. But, you know, when we there, culture has all these shoulds that we should be doing, right? We should get this kind of a job. We should make this much money. And what I'm trying to get us to do is to unlearn that and learn to listen to that whisper that we all have inside of us and then take action. So for you, John, you can look at something and make something else wildly creative. And the act of taking like literally nothing and making something that's maybe just a slightly different, that's a different angle. But fundamentally, it's the same muscle. And that's what we want to strengthen. So I've I, I've always suggested that that curiosity is is really such a huge driver of you know the success any success that i've had and and i do think that it is and there's a lot been written about this lately but do you think there's a real link between that idea of being curious and being creative it's the same thing and and all i'm asking you to do the difference of curiosity is intellectual and i think creativity is active and and um the way I talk about it in the book is action over intellect. So if you're wondering if you're creative, you can sit there and think about all the ways you might be creative or you can just start writing or you can just start writing, you know, figuring out the business plan. You need to take action in order to explore that creativity. So you're absolutely right. They're super tightly intertwined. And to me, that's the thing that most people miss is, is go back to the, all the shoulds that culture tells us. Um, what's, what's been missing from the narrative is that, you know, creativity, historically, creativity has been this whimsical thing that you're naive or at least slightly crazy if you pursue it. But I argue just the opposite, that it's so foundational. It's this foundational exercise in nutrition. It's what separates us from the other species on the planet. And ultimately, therefore, it's as practical as hell. It's super practical. And if you can create new neural pathways and you can find ways to connect unlikely things or in John's case, you can look at something and see how it could be something else. The more you start to use that muscle, the more options open up in front of you. So it's, it's a pretty, you know, from a logical extension perspective, it's not a big leap. It's just a different cultural narrative than we've been sold. And, uh, and, and that's part of what I'm trying to get people to do. The reality about the curiosity part is that we all have these moments in our past where things were in line with the way we saw them for ourselves, where we were listening to that whisper or that call that's inside of us that we should be doing something. And it's when life felt effortless, when you were around people that, you know, supported you. And, you know, whether that's at a, a particular job or at a time of life or when you were doing, you know, something um, in your past, I'm just suggesting we listen to that and do more of it. In your word, it might be create, er, uh, curiosity. In my word, it would be creativity. But we walk to that thing. We explore it through action, not just intellect. And now a word from a sponsor. There's no room for idle chat in business. So if email is your only moneymaker, make room for something new. Intercom. 
Intercom is the only business messenger that starts with real-time chat, then keeps growing your business with conversational bots and guided product tours. Take Intercom customer, Unity. In just 12 months, they converted 45% more visitors through Intercom's messenger. Make room for a new revenue channel. Go to intercom.com slash podcast. That's intercom.com slash podcast. So I want to get into a couple of the you know actual practices um, to, to develop these habits. Um, but I want to ask one, one kind of more question around that. Um, I think a lot of us lose this uh, ability ability to be curious and creative because we're just, you know, we're going through the day slugging through our stuff. Um, and you know, life comes at you and, and you're not practicing that. So, so to what degree does a a level of paying attention, you know, mindfulness, um, you know, come into establishing these habits? It's massive. I call it the creative mindset and, any sort of mindfulness around it, you know, it it very much has to do with intention. Like you're going to go home, you're going to cook dinner tonight. And, uh, you know, ostensibly there's two ways you can go about it. You can think of what you're creating as, okay, I need to just execute this thing to your point, like get through my list or whatever. And then there can be a moment of awareness, literally a moment where you do one thing differently. You change something, you add a spice, you present it in a different way because a lot of us, we cook the same things all the time because it's easy. We get in a habit of doing that. Yeah. And it's the simple act of changing that just a little bit. It's and in doing that on a regular basis through awareness every day that you realize that you actually have agency over your life is sort of creativity with the capital C. So in these small daily ways, awareness and practicing it. So again, awareness of, Hey, look at, I can either just bust out this meal or I can change one thing, present it in a more beautiful way, fill in the blank, whatever it means for you. And then if you did that three or four times throughout your day, you start to realize that you have this powerful agency over your life. And, and it's the, the cool thing is this, I'm not asking you to move to Paris to get a new set of friends, no berets, no cigarettes, no paints. <laughs> this is not required. That's an old archaic definition of creativity. So is the fact that this, the idea of the starving artist, that's a, just a horrible myth that has no real bearing on creativity. When you look at it, in fact, this is the part that also kills me. You look, what, who are the people that inspire you? Who are, you know, even if it's just, your, it doesn't have to be Richard Branson. Maybe it's your neighbor. They live in integrity and they're incredibly mindful and they tend a beautiful garden. Whoever the people that you look up to or aspire to, or here's the thing, the life that you're looking at, it wasn't, it didn't just happen. It was created. We talk about finding happiness. We don't, you don't, you don't find, you don't stumble into that. You create it, you cultivate it. And so with just a, sh- a simple shift in mentality and to go back to your original question about how do we do that, it absolutely is an awareness. And if you start to become aware of it, it's, it's amazing how many opportunities you have throughout your day. We're not talking about adding extra time and going to the art supply store. Sure that you can do that. And that would be helpful to have a practice that looked like that, but it's not required. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the practices that, uh, that, that you, you, you litter throughout the book that, that help people develop some of these habits. What are some of the things that, that people could, could inject into their, you know, routine that would shake it up a bit? I look for things initially, again, it's a, the most important thing is, uh, is the awareness that you, you already mentioned that. And it's sort of like if you have a mindfulness practice or a meditation practice, 
it's not that the goal is not to keep your mind from wandering. The mind is designed to wander. The meditation practice is actually bringing your attention back to your mantra or back to whatever your focus should be. And that's the same thing with the creative practice. You can't just be constantly in like open creative mode. Otherwise, you might not get as many things done as you wanted to get done. But if you can, when you are, you realize that you're not in that creative mind space or the creative mindset that I talk about in the book, the simple act of returning to it on a regular basis in the way I like to start is small. I'm not asking you, say you want to, you have a vision for yourself. Like someday, you know, I'm an engineer right now and I work at Google, but someday I want to open a cafe. The distance between where you are right now and a cafe is pretty far. It's probably, you know, a couple thousand hours worth of work. Um, but, and, and when people think about that, they get depressed and frustrated and they, oh, there's too many hurdles between here and there. But what if you started baking? And every, every Sunday you, you cranked out a few scones and you sought out some single origin coffee and you, you had, you know, you held brunch for your close friends every Sunday for four or five weeks. That is an amazing first step toward getting oriented around your life as a cafe owner. And I would argue more importantly and more fundamentally to explore your relationship with cooking or, and the same could be true with building a business, right? You don't actually have to, to get the POS system and, and rent a space and have all these things to create a little, a small business. So what would a small business sort of, what's the minimum viable product? What's a way to get started simply? So if you apply that same thinking to a day, it's what is the lightest way that you can embrace that creativity? I talk about taking pictures just intentionally one or two or three or five pictures on your afternoon walk, you know, maybe at lunchtime or on your commute. Um, morning pages is a great way to engage your mind. You know, and this is widely written about just a few minutes of, of, um, time in the morning to write out what you intend for the day or, or create something simple. Um, and it can take any of these forms or the, for example, the, the concept that I mentioned earlier around just how to think about creating the meal just a little bit different than you would otherwise. And if you can do that in small, useful ways on a regular basis, you start to realize that this is, it is actually a muscle and it starts to become more natural. And the more natural it becomes, the more leverage you can create in your life. So one of the, one of the practices that, that I've intentionally done that I think probably fits into your practice is, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the seventies music. Um, that's how old I am. And so it'd be very natural for me to go into my, you know, Neil Young and Jackson Brown and, uh, just listen to that all the time. I, I intentionally kind of seek out Spotify, you know, release radar, um, and just, you know, make, not make myself cause I enjoy it, but, but, you know, really make sure that I'm listening to the new stuff that's coming out. Um, and I, I feel like that, you know, I don't know that I look at it as, oh, this is going to make me more creative, but I do feel like it keeps you more sort of relevant, maybe. <laughs> um, so would that fit into, I mean, would that be a type of a typical sort of simple thing? Yeah, that's a great thing. And the only thing I would change rather than that being a little bit passive is like, what, what if you're pricking up the guitar for five minutes? And I don't know if music was ever in your past. I play the guitar. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing when you talked about curiosity. We can all find something in our past that really brought us a lot of joy. And when life got, quote, practical, then we had to, for some reason, we had to stop doing that. And I don't know what we go doing instead of paying attention to the stock market or grocery shopping or, you know, I find it hard to believe. Yeah, Facebook. I find it hard to believe that those could actually be more important than cultivating 
the most powerful muscle that the human has at their disposal, which is their creativity. What about teaching, speaking, writing? I always find that that, you know, that forces me to innovate, forces me to be creative and uh, to just go out and see what other people are doing. Absolutely. And that, that, that hits on two really important points. One, how that broader, uh, you know, um, definition of creativity really is like conversing and, and collaborating on an idea and teaching a subject that's a wildly creative. I mean, just think of the most important and powerful motivating teachers you had in your career. They were wildly creative and they presented the material in a dynamic way. That's part of what you loved about them. Uh, and so I think a, you nailed it on, you know, hit the nail on the head on that one. And then as a corollary to that community aspect is huge. You know, I, I put the book into four, four parts of framework, if you will, that works for, it's a creative process that works for any individual project, building a business or baking a cake or anything to living your life. And that's the structure is I D E A idea. Uh, the first one is imagine what's possible. The second one is design a system of steps to get you there. The third one is E is execute. You're executing that plan. None of this should be really surprising. This is what we all do every day with every project. The part that I think is missing and which you touched on is A. I, I talk about it, be amplify. What we need is we need a community to help our, our ideas fly. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And for those people that you're looking to your left and to your right and their creative ideas, whether it's a business or a, or a, um, some venture, when they're successful and you're not or where they're getting traction and you're struggling, the reality is probably they've spent a lot more time and or put more effort into cultivating a community that's both ready to receive their work and is happy to be a participant in the the collaboration between creator and receiver of that gift. Visiting with Chase Jarvis, he is the author of Creative Calling. So I'm going to throw one more out for you um, to let you kind of categorize this. I've been... I've been getting a lot of creative ideas from people I don't agree with lately um, by actually practicing empathy um, and trying to understand maybe where I'm wrong, trying to understand where they're coming from. What role does listening to, you know, to play really just in general in uh, your creative calling? For me, listening functions, first of all, it's a hugely powerful lever and it functions in two ways. The first way is in being open to ideas is creating them, right? You talked about being sort of like having blank slate and that being hard. The reality is that everything around you was created. We, we forget that. We, this is how like we've put creativity in the weirdest box. Like everything around you, if you're, if you're jogging when you're listening to this, the park bench you just ran by, the light pole, um, the food you just had, the, the can of Red Bull that you're drinking right now, everything was designed and it means it was first envisioned and then it was designed and they, someone built it, usually came out in a drawing first. And so whether it's listening or just observing, that's a huge piece of the creative process. We need some raw input in order to create an output. And so listening is a great form of that. And it also does exactly what you talked about. This is sort of point two is I like saying like, if listening is powerful for you, isn't it, or is, is, is meaningful to you? What if you're listening to other people? I like to be the fan that I wish I had. 
And it goes back to that idea of community, right? If you want more likes on your Facebook posts or your Instagram posts, or maybe a better example is you want more people to use your product. What are you doing to use the products of others in your peer group, your friends? What are you doing to provide feedback and to support and show up? That's part of, and it's not in a transactional way, but in a way of building community over time that whether you're listening or you're contributing to what someone is saying with a product or an idea by participating in that product, it all matters. And that's, uh, and I think community is a huge piece of this process that we overlook and specifically how it ties into, to listening. So Chase, where can uh, people find out more about uh, your work, about creative live, about creative calling? Um, so creative calling is, uh, it's wherever books are sold. Um, it's dropping right now. And if you pre-order, we're doing a really cool thing at creative live to get access to a, an exclusive class. Um, I'll have some super fancy world, world-class guests. Uh, and that happens. You just go to buy it wherever you want to buy it. Um, on the internet. And then um, if you go to creativecalling.com, um, there's a couple different links there. One link will get you to the Creative Life class where you can just upload your receipt um, and that will allow you to be a participant in that. Um, so again, that's probably the best stuff around the book. Uh, creative Live is just creativelive.com. And I'm at Chase Jarvis all over the internet. Awesome. Well, Chase, uh, it was great catching up with you and uh, hopefully we'll uh, bump into you next time I'm uh, out on the road. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. I'm excited about what you're working on too. You're always, always up to cool stuff and I appreciate you having me as a guest on the show. Oh, thanks, Chase. <laughs>